0: Israelites left Babylon, many returning to Jerusalem, and some heading to surrounding countries. An Israelite named Mordecai moved to a country called Susa with his adopted daughter Esther. While they were there, the king of Susa, Xerxes, was looking for a woman to become queen. Young women from all over Susa, including Esther, were brought to live in the king's palace and go through a year of beauty treatments before the king would make his selection. When Esther finally got to meet King Xerxes, he was attracted to her more than any of the other women. So Xerxes placed a crown on Esther's head and made her queen. But Esther did not tell him that she was an Israelite, also called a Jew, because Mordecai asked her not to, fearing his reaction. One day, Esther's father Mordecai was sitting near the king's gate and overheard two of the king's officers planning to kill the king. So he warned Esther, and Esther told King Xerxes. The king's life was saved, and the two men were executed. Shortly after, King Xerxes promoted one of his men, named Haman, to a position higher than all the other officials. He commanded everyone to bow down as Haman entered each day through the king's gate, but Mordecai refused. When Haman saw this, he was furious and even more angry when he found out from some of his officials that Mordecai was an Israelite. So he looked for a way to kill not only Mordecai, but all of the Israelites living in Susa. He convinced King Xerxes to declare a law, stating that all Israelites living in the region would be killed on a specific day because they would not follow the king's laws. When Mordecai heard about the law, he tore his clothing and wept bitterly. He convinced Esther to go before the king, reveal that she was an Israelite, and ask the king to spare her people. There was one problem. No one, not even the queen, was allowed to come before the king uninvited. If they did, they risked being put to death. But Esther was brave and approached the king, who asked, What is your request? Esther said that she wished for the king to host a banquet and to make sure that Haman, the man who wanted to kill the Israelites, was there. At the banquet, she would make her request known. When the day of the banquet came, everyone, including Haman, was there. The king asked Esther what it was that she wanted. She revealed that she was an Israelite, a Jew, and begged for her own life and the lives of her people. The king was furious with Haman, who had convinced him to create the law, and had him arrested and killed. Then, King Xerxes not only removed the law to kill the Israelites, but gave all of them living in the region protection and rights. Because of Esther's bravery, the Israelites were spared and even honored.
1: Last week it was announced that tech giant Intel is going to build a $20 billion semiconductor plant. Excuse me, $20 20 billion is the first phase of what will become the largest semiconductor plant in the world just five miles down the road from East Point. the Plant jobs itself will be about 3,000 high-paying jobs, while there will be about 7,000 temporary construction jobs. And another 10,000 jobs to the suppliers in the area around the factory. People are saying that the total economic impact could total 100,000 jobs, which would forever change the east side of Columbus. Our church already had a great opportunity to reach our community around us. Now the community is fixing to get a lot bigger. There are also a lot of jobs that are going to attract a tremendous amount of diversity to the region, being tech jobs. And we have what few churches in America have, a diverse congregation. At the same time, our church is facing a perilous financial situation that threatens to hold us back or even worse, choke the life out of us. So today is a bit different for us, as this is a Vision Sunday where we talk a lot about where we've been this past year and where we're headed in the future. But I want to start with where we're at in the story. The book that we've been going through this year will be for 31 weeks total. You saw it on the video we just watched, but I want to read it from the text, this story that happens with Queen Esther it says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer Do you not think that because you are in the king's house, that you alone of all the Jews will escape? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family, your father's family, will perish. And here's the key line And who knows but that you have come to your royal position. For such a time as this. You may remember that when Kristen and I felt the calling to East Point, that one of the strongest verses that we had was for such a time as this, where we felt like God was leading us here to face the challenges that were before us, to grow this church in the midst of the adversity it was facing. And what we see consistently in Scripture is that with every opportunity that lays before God's people, there is also some type of trial that they have to get through in order to really see the fullness of the opportunity unfold. And the same is true for East Point. We have a tremendous opportunity in front of us. An opportunity that is unprecedented. I talk to other pastors who know about our situation and are very envious that we get to be a part of a church that's leading forth in a growing and a diverse area. We also have challenges that we have to work through where we have to grow our faith in God as a result. I would have it no other way. Immediately after this passage, it says... And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Listen to Esther's response. It says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish... I perish. Esther's response reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that we looked at a few weeks ago. My God will protect me, and if I don't, I'm still going to stand here anyway and be faithful. But her response centers around prayer. Her response centers around the devotion to God and recognizing that the type of answers to prayer that we need, that we look forward to, really come through intense times of prayer and fasting. Something that we must not forget as we move forward. And so this morning, I want to start off sharing some of the highlights of this past year that we've seen happen here at East Point, and then talk about the greatest challenge that we have that stands in between us and who God is helping us to become. First of all, I want to start off with children's ministry. This year, we took a step of faith and hired Melanie Ringel to be our children's minister. And she has been on staff for about seven months with us now. And from that time that she has been on staff with us, we have gone from fewer than 10 volunteers to greater than 40 volunteers in our children's ministry. This is significant. Amen. Amen. This is significant because we have put out pleas to you and you have responded to those challenges that we have laid before you, and we thank you for that. Not only that, but we've expanded our children's ministry to be at both services. We have added special classes where we're teaching the kids about worship and also coming soon where we will be teaching them about missions. We have had special events for kids. Uh, We are headed in the right direction in a hurry. Uh, Not only that, but earlier this year, we had 100 kids and youth at our basketball clinic featuring OSU Buckeyes, uh, former OSU Buckeyes, Dallas Lauderdale, and Aaron Kraft. And all of our crossover basketball numbers have also started to rebound as well. Play on words there, started to rebound. That's a good thing for basketball. Uh, So our children's ministry, our youth are headed in the right direction. Our online presence, this is vitally important for us. We've continued to offer ways for people who are at home to participate. We started off with Facebook, but now we've been able to expand it to YouTube as well. And I've got to say that for the shoestring budget that we've been able to do this on, it's quite fascinating and quite amazing to be able to have the the quality of production that we have. Uh, When we have visitors check out our church, it is very common for them to come up to me and to say, Hi, Dustin, how are you? It's nice to meet you because they've been watching online and they already know who I am. It's a little weird, I'm not going to lie, but it's a great thing because the new front door to the church is online. And while we want everybody eventually to come into the church and to have this type of community that you can only have in person, the reality is a vast majority of visitors are going to check us out online before we do. And being able to uh, do what we're doing online for a church of our size is really quite amazing. Our local and global outreach, this was our first complete year of giving 10% of our general fund to local and global outreach in quite some time. We've had a meal pack event uh, earlier this year where we had 25,000 meals that were packed uh, and sent to those who are in need due to some, some hurricanes in Honduras last year. Our backpack program for our local school district continues to grow in number. We hosted the first ever Until All Are Set Free conference to help combat human trafficking in our area, and that's just something that's just, we just did our first year of it, and we had such great results. We're so excited to see what comes as a result of that. Our Christmas offering to help street kids in Kenya raised nearly $9,000, enough to pay for room and board for six former street kids for an entire year of education. Praise God for what he's doing through our local and global outreach. Some other highlights from the year is that our preschool, our preschool is fully enrolled uh, in times where it's been difficult to figure out with COVID and everything else. Uh, Our preschool is not only fully enrolled, but we have over 10 different nationalities of children represented in our preschool. We have kids that come from Buddhist, Muslim, atheist backgrounds, and they come here to our church and they pay us to learn about Jesus Christ. (laughs) That that just blows me away. It's amazing. It's amazing. Each Sunday, we've started again sharing our Only God Can visions and stories. We have people lined up through the month of May every week to share their stories as we work to grow on sharing our stories not only in church but outside these walls We're seeing that happen on every Sunday, and before too long, we're going to need binoculars to be able to see the top of that wall out there, to be able to read the only God can stories as we put them out there. Not only that, we've seen a number of new faces this past year to East Point. We've had some very devoted people step into East Point that has helped us tremendously. Through our taste of East Point events that we have on a regular basis, we've had close to 50 new faces go through it already. So those are some great areas where we see that God is working in amazing ways in our congregation. But I also need to talk to you this morning about our greatest challenge. If you've been with us for some time, you know it's no surprise the financial situation that our church is facing as we have done our best to keep you updated on a regular basis. In 2019 and 2020, our church faced what I will call two derailing events. The first event was the transition of our previous senior pastor. This took an enormous spiritual toll on our church, and at the same time as taking that enormous spiritual toll, the reality is is that we lost twenty-one percent of our giving. And the same time, where we had to greatly expand our expenses when we added fifty percent more space to our facility. We went from 20,000 square feet to 30,000 square feet. Imagine going half again the square footage of your home and having to double all your bills at the same time, or almost double your bills at the same time that you had a a 21% cut in your income. Then shortly after, while the church was trying to rebuild itself, COVID hit us. I met with a group of of other pastors this past week from 11 different churches, and all of us are right about 60% in attendance each week of what we were before COVID. Some weeks it's lower when there's outbreaks and things like that. Uh, But we're all in the same boat here trying to rebuild. But for us trying to rebound during this time, having these two derailing events has been incredibly difficult. But God has been good. So, our greatest challenge in 2021, we had a budget shortfall of nearly $135,000, or about 16% before we start paying on our mortgage. So, how have we endured? Well, let me just say that how we have endured is an only God can type of thing as well, okay? We've had three events that have helped us to endure. Three decisions that were made uh, that some of them we had control of and some of them we didn't have control over. First, several years ago, while our church was in a good state of health and financial status, our elders made the decision to start putting some money away in case we faced a, a trial or a derailing event. We faced two of them and that has helped to sustain us dramatically throughout the last couple of years. Not having to worry about cash flow. Next, we also had reduced staffing for a time. A time where we didn't have a senior pastor, and a time where we didn't have a children's minister. We're back up to full levels now, but those times of reduced staffing did help us financially in the short term. And finally, we were awarded two Paycheck Protection Program grants from the government. They are forgivable loans. One of them is already forgiven, the other one will be soon. That totaled to about $160,000 that helped carry us through this season. If any of those three things would not have happened, we would have been in terrible shape right now. As it is, if nothing changed, we would have enough money to make it just about through the end of 2022 without making any changes. Obviously, we don't want to go down that road. We stand on the cusp of unprecedented opportunity to reach our community but we also have this huge challenge breathing down our necks. It's like we're Israel, and we've marched out of Egypt, and freedom is on the other side of the sea. It's within our reach, but there's a sea that we have to cross first with the enemy breathing down our necks. And it's time for us to truly see that only God can get us through the sea. So this morning, I want to introduce to you our Unstoppable Initiative. I've already talked about our two derailing events that we had, but I believe that we are back on track. Like a train that is sitting on the tracks, a freight train, we are slowly building momentum. But when a freight train is starting off from a dead standstill, it doesn't exactly take off like a top fuel dragster, does it? In fact, it doesn't even take off like your Honda Odyssey minivan. It's a slow process. But once that energy is built up, a freight train can have energy that is unstoppable. And church, where I see us being right now is we are back on track. We have the train pointed in the right direction, but we are slowly moving forward. And what we need now is that boost of momentum that will carry us through so that we can have that unstoppable momentum moving forward so that we can reach more people in our community for Christ. Church, I envision a day not too far in our distant future where we have six to 800 people worshiping every Sunday in our current facility, as is we are capable of hosting that many. I envision a day when we have baptisms, people coming to Christ virtually every Sunday and of every age. I envision a day when we are able to serve our community in ways that we never before thought were even possible. I envision a day when we have to have hundreds of children's ministry volunteers because the next generation of young families know that the place to be for their children to grow in Christ is at East Point Christian Church. I envision a day when we have hundreds of youth on fire for Jesus with many making decisions to serve God in ministry and on the mission field. I envision a day when we see our neighbors from different religions breaking through those walls and coming to Christ. I envision a day when that wall out there with the only God can stories on them are so, have so many frames on it that we've got to get the lift out to hang the new ones all the way up to the ceiling. But in order to get to that day, we need to talk about today and one of the most important things that you can help us to do to get there. And so today as we talk about the Unstoppable Campaign, as our Unstoppable Initiative, we are entering into a two-year, what we call, over and above stewardship campaign. This is where we ask you through, from April of 2020, what year is it, 2022, through April of 2024 to increase your giving over and above in order to help us to meet our needs. So what is our goal? Well, we have a home run goal of 500,000 over and above our regular offerings over the next two years and a grand slam goal of, a, of one million dollars in order to help us to meet our needs. Now we will also take a two or a three run homer in the middle, if that's what God gives us, okay? But we would love to load up the bases. And so what was this going to take, or what, is, where is this go, what are our four needs? Well, our four needs, the first one is to accomplish our mission with a balanced budget. And so to ensure that we can fulfill our ministry vision and mission goals over the next two years, we need to grow our giving for our budget by $270,000. Now, let me be very clear here. People have asked, well, how come we can't cut our way out of it? And the situation that we are in, trying to cut our way out of debt would actually just strangle the church and would make us die a quick but painful death. We need to grow our way out of this situation. That's what we are prepared to do. That's what our lenders agree with, uh, and it is something that we would want to do anyway. That's what we're here for, isn't it? To reach our community for Christ. So after accomplishing our vision with a balanced budget, which by the way does include uh, our missions budget, growing with our regular, um, with our with our with our general fund giving to match it at ten percent. Then we want to reduce debt. We currently owe $3.5 million. We're, not only paying, or we're only paying interest for the next two years, but we want to pay down our loan principal as much as possible through the Unstoppable Initiative to help to right-size our principal and interest payments that start in April 2024. Our lender has been gracious with us, and they allow us to pay down without any penalty any principal that we have on our loan. Now, just to let you know, whenever you give, especially uh, if you are giving to help reduce the debt, every $1 that goes to reduce the debt today winds up being $2 over the lifetime of the loan. That's the way that principal and interest works. If you're paying down your house extra, that's why you pay down extra principal. If you've got 20 years left on your loan, you pay down that extra principal in order so that the, the, the total amount will go down greatly over the life of the loan. That's what we hope to do here as well. So after accomplish our mission with a balanced budget and reduce our debt, there is some, some work that needs to be done because we've been deferring some maintenance to our parking lot and some of our technology and worship. If you've looked at our parking lot outside, you'll notice that there are several areas that are at the point of decay where if we do not address them, we will have a minefield out there. And so we have two different scenarios that we can use to help do that. One is a patch job. The other is a little bit more of a substantial uh, work in our parking lot. Also, with some of our technology for worship, we're not looking at expanding a lot of that at all as much as we are replacing some of our needs. This, a lot of our technology for worship that we have, including microphones and speakers, are original with the building. They're the same ones that we had when we moved in 16 years ago. They're getting tired And we must recognize that we need some capital in order to help give updates where those are necessary. We're not looking at doing anything fancy here, simply updating what needs to be updated. And finally, we're looking at expanding our missions involvement in our community. This is so important to us to recognize that we are doing this for a purpose. We aren't just looking to be a financially healthy church. We're looking at becoming the most effective church that we can become In this area. And so, where will the money go? Well, if we reach $500,000, $270,000 of that will go to ensure we hit our ministry and mission goals and commitment. And that includes giving 10% of our entire general fund budget, which would be an increase of $13,500 each year in order to meet that goal. Uh, $180,000 of that would go to debt reduction, it would greatly reduce our principal payments that will come due and 2024. Uh, And finally, 50,000 would go to parking lot and technology for worship. That would be a patching job on the parking lot. If we reach a million dollars, 270,000 of that would still go to ensure we hit our ministry and mission goals. 500,000, a full half a million, would go to debt reduction. And then $150,000 would go to facility upgrades. Basically, we'd be looking at doing a more permanent fixed job on our parking lot would take up a majority of that. And then 80,000 of that would go to add new missions and community ministries that our community so desperately is in need of. And so the calendar of events for this means that in March 6th, we will stop our Unstoppable Initiative on Sunday mornings. We're going to have several vision events throughout the course of the event. We're encouraging each family to attend one of them. We're going to have some that are brunch events, some that are lunch events, some that are dessert events. So whether you like brunch or dessert or uh, or just a regular lunch, we've got you covered. I kind of like all three. And then on April 1st, April Fool's Day, we are going to do what the world sees as a very foolish thing. But we see as one of the greatest things we can do. And we are going to have a 24-hour prayer event here at the church. And then on April 3rd is our Unstoppable Commitment Sunday, where we're asking each family to make a commitment over and above their regular giving. And then April 24th will be our celebration weekend, where we announce our totals. So what can you do? Well, we want you to prayerfully, and this is so important, over the next, over the next couple of months, we want you to be in prayer about this every day, praying and asking God, God, what can I do to help What can our family do to help? Involve your children in it. What can we do to help? Teach your children sacrifice at an early age. Sacrifice is so much better than spoiling your children, isn't it? And so we want you to prayerfully consider giving in the following three ways. Courageously. First of all, we want you to write the largest check you've ever written to a church on our Unstoppable Commitment Sunday on April 3rd. And then secondly, we want you to give consistently, pledge to give weekly or monthly, however it is that you choose to give, through April of 2024, over and above your regular giving. And then finally, there's a way that you can give creatively. Some of you have some real estate that you're looking at selling. Other people might have, I know in the past there's been people who have had classic cars who had given them or the proceeds of them to the church. Stocks, bonds, etc. are some creative ways that you can give to the church. Guys, this is, this is such an important time in the life of our church. And I'm convinced that this will be a huge part of our Only God Can movement, of our Only God Can moment. A time where we see God show up in an amazing way that will prepare us through the future. But it will take us all taking steps of faith in order to get there. You're going to hear more about this uh, in the coming months. Today is just a shot across the bow to introduce you and to get you praying in this direction for the future of our church, which is vitally important with the opportunity that we have to reach our community like we've never had before. The verse that we are using as our key verse comes from the book of Job, and I want to close with this this morning. You know the book of Job. Job goes through so many trials. He loses his wife, he loses his family. He loses his wealth. He loses everything. And throughout the book, he's questioning God. He's trying to stand firm. He's got his friends who are spouting off things that don't make any sense at all half the time. We have some of those too in our lives, I suppose, don't we? And in the midst of it all, we know that in the end that God winds up blessing Job and giving him double what he had before. But before he got to that moment, before Job got to that moment, in Job 42, verses 1 and 4, Job replies to the Lord, and he says to the Lord, I know that you can do all things, no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And in the New Living Translation, it says, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You see, the whole reason that we can become an unstoppable church moving forward is because we have an unstoppable God. We have a God who was not held back by the cross, who was not held back by the grave, who was not held back by the early church uh, when they were facing persecution, who was not held back by the Egyptians when they were trying to track down the Jewish people, uh, the Israelites. We have a God who is unstoppable. And we believe that he's calling us forward in a direction of faith. Will it be easy? No. Will it be worth it? Absolutely. When we see people coming to faith in Christ, when we see our young people taking bold stands in their faith, turning their lives over to Jesus, church, it will be worth every moment that we spend, every dollar that we have, everything that we give in order to see God move forward in a mighty way. I know that you can do anything And that no one can stop you is Job's statement of faith to the Lord. And may it be our statement of faith as well. That we have an unstoppable God. Now let's take a step of faith and see what he can do. Amen? Let's pray. God, it's not an easy task that is before us. But as we see in Scripture... You never place easy tasks before your people. You place impossible things before them to show that you are an unstoppable God, that you are the God who works in us and through us to do what only you can do. And so, Lord, as we stand here in both this time of great need and in this time of unprecedented opportunity, we pray that you do amazing things in our church, For our community. That you do amazing things in us. And step us up. Help us to take those dramatic steps of faith. So that we can see you do a deeper work. Than what we have ever seen you do before. Lord we thank you that you are faithful. To keep your promises. And we trust in you. We know Lord that you will be faithful. You will move us forward as a congregation. And so we give ourselves to you now. And just pray for you to amaze us with your provision so that we can continue to reach our community in bold ways. We love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.